0: With the shot, been cooking with the sauce chef, curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301, <inaudible> live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 168 of Curry in the Pot. I'm your host, some you got Mike Curry, and I'm back here. Another episode, man. It's, it's been a little minute, it's been quite some time since I dropped an episode, man. But I'm here, I am back, and I always, around this time of year, I always pause on like how many episodes I dropped because. Or like when I drop episodes, because say I dropped an episode like right after KD dropped 49 on the bucks, you know, literally just a few days later, game seven had happened. So I would have literally had to drop to I might just start making like short videos when I don't have an episode out just so I can post them and just so I can still have content out there. And it's not so dark when I do like when I'm not dropping an episode. So I'll probably do that. Probably start doing that. But. Yeah, man, I'm back here with a full full-blown episode, man. And you know, the NBA playoffs have been interesting. It's been interesting, it's also been weird and different. And so 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 that's where I'll start, man. I'll say it's different in a sense that like who would have imagined the Atlanta Hawks in the conference finals? I didn't. I actually had them losing in the first round. Um, we also have the Phoenix Suns who are in the conference finals. I didn't have them losing in the first round as well. I am a Lakers fan. Uh, I'm not trying to be biased or anything, but you know, if we were fully healthy, we definitely would've beat the Suns, and no doubt in my mind, we were up 2-1, and Anthony Davis got hurt in game four, which was on our home floor, but uh, that's neither here nor there, man. I gotta still give credit to the Phoenix Suns, who are in the Eastern Conference Finals and just three wins away from making the NBA Finals. Also, the Los Angeles Clippers are in the Conference Finals. I kind of expected them to be there, but not, Not in this form and what I mean by that is they're without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George has really really been putting the team on his back Although they have lost game one of the um, conference finals. They're still in it Uh, But I did kind of have them going there the Bucks another team that I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say it's a like a huge shock like the Atlanta Hawks is but um, I had the Brooklyn Nets actually making the conference finals. I actually had them winning the East and yeah, I had them. I actually had them winning everything. But you know, obviously injuries have derailed that team and pretty much have derailed the league. And this, this brings me to LeBron James and what he talked about the other day in a like mini rant. And he was saying, you know, he knew he knew this would happen. We had so many star players get hurt. You know, Kyrie, um, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, LeBron James himself was injured. Um, just Chris Paul got injured. Um, Now he's on COVID, but Chris Paul was injured at a point. Um, James Harden that got hurt. Kevin Durant missed a a bunch of the season. You know, just just a bevy of injuries around the league. And Jamal Murray as well. Just so many guys injured. Um, Even, like I said this, I think I said this on another episode, previous episode, but out of the teams that made the conference finals last year, somebody was missing a player. Um, The Celtics were missing Jalen Brown. The Lakers had AD out. Um, The heat They were, their team, pretty much the team from last year was healthy, but uh, they traded for Victor Oladipo at the trade deadline, and he's out. So everybody is pretty much missing some type of piece, and it really sucks. It really sucks. Like, obviously, you know, the league is a business, but this quick turnaround, I hope we never see anything like it. I hope we never see anything like the pandemic again. Because that's obviously the reason for it, and the you know the league has to recoup uh, revenue, and so on and so forth. But it's been it's been it's been a, a one hell of a season, man, and I mean that in a multitude of ways. But let's talk about the conference finals, man. I also want to talk coaching and vacancies as well, man. And so many of them, I think it's like a record high, uh, coach and vacancies. But let's just go ahead and talk, man. The conference finals, the stage has already set the Clippers and the Suns series has already begun. So I'll go ahead and talk about this particular series. I think when I look at the Suns, man, they just have they just have a good team. And they don't have necessarily, you know, like a, a loaded team, but they, they have guys that just play really well together. Chris Paul has had his imprint all over this team. Monty Williams has been a great coach. Uh, I, I always thought he was a hell of a coach. Um, you know, you got DeAndre Aiden, a young center. You got Devin Booker, who's a young, young star, young, young very, very young, bright star. Um, I compare him to Kobe Bryant. I think he's a Kobe disciple. Not, not exactly Kobe-like, but they have a lot of similarities in their game, and especially the way they approach the game. And I just can't say enough about Devin Booker, man. I've always been uh, quite fond of his game. Um, They just have a lot of pieces that just work McCall Bridges, uh, Jay Crowder. Very nice 3 and D glue guy. Also provides toughness to that team. Um, I just like their roster, bro. I just like it. Like I said, I think the Lakers would have beat them. But, you know, once I saw the Suns beat them, I said, oh, man, I I think the Suns can give anybody a run for their money. And I'm not shocked. To see them where they are. Um, they were without Chris Paul in game one, but it seemed to not have mattered, man. Uh the Clippers, on the other hand, they're without they're gonna be without Kawhi Litter, at least for the next game, which is game two. I saw something earlier. that said he's ruled out. And I'm actually recording, what is this, Monday, the 21st. So I'm here. And yeah, you know, Kawhi Linn has already been ruled out for game two. Um, but I like what I've seen from the Clippers. I like the fight, man, because I thought once Kawhi went down. I said, oh, man, the Jazz, this is this going to be a cakewalk for them, man. And the Jazz, they showed me why they are the Utah Jazz. And I'll get to them in a second. But I really just want to talk about this matchup. And what I see or what I saw yesterday, man, is Devin Booker, man. He, he, this team is going to be tough to beat. They also defend. Like the Clippers, they got contributions from you know quite some quite some guys yesterday. They got some contributions from Demarcus Cousins. Paul George had another big game, and I think this could potentially be getting ready to run out. I don't want to overreact though because the Suns they took care of business. They were at home. They're a great team at home, and they took care of business and they won. And but I I still think the Suns are going to win this series, especially if Kawhi does come back. He doesn't come, back. there's no chance the Clippers can win this series. And Chris Paul will probably be back before him. So I like the Suns to honestly get this thing done in five, to be totally honest, man. I really do. Um, Let's move on. Let's move on, man. Eastern Conference Finals. The stage is set. And I guess before, no, I'm going to talk about the Jazz and the the Sixers, man, because I'm going to talk about the Nets, too. They really let me down. The Nuggets, I already knew what was going to happen with them. I want to talk about those, those teams in a little bit. But the stage is now set in the Eastern Conference Finals, and we have a team that I didn't think would be here at all, and that's the Atlanta Hawks and the Bucks. Who now I thought that they could get here, I didn't think they would. I didn't think I didn't think anybody would be Brooklyn. I, I said this many a times, but it didn't be the healthy Brooklyn. So I'll just leave it there. But the Milwaukee Bucks going to be taking on the Atlanta Hawks, man. I think the key, obviously, the key for the Hawks is. Um, Trey Young. Will they be able to establish him and will he be able to duplicate what he's been duplicating this entire playoffs? He's been going against a bunch of stout defensive teams. The Knicks were one of the best defensive teams in the league. They couldn't seem to stop him. Sixers are also another good defensive team. Um, they bottled him up for the most part of Game 7 like early on and the Hawks still won because um, they got contributions from a uh, big-time big game from Kevin Herter, the DMV guy, former Maryland Turp. I, I want to see how the Bucks are able to slow down Trey Young. They have, a, a, you know, most of the guys. You know, Drew Holiday is probably going to start on them. You might even see a little Giannis on them. Um, but I did look at these two teams. They played three times this season, and all of their games were decided by like one possession. Like it's crazy. Bucks won two of the meetings, but I think this series could be really, really fun and really, really interesting. Man, I really just want to see Mike Budenholzer's game plan to. To slow down Trey Young, because I really think that's gonna be the key. And Nate McMillan has been an impressive coach. I want to see how he how he defends Giannis. Man, like I said, they played three times in the regular season. I didn't watch any of those games, but it's gonna be it's gonna be very, very fun to watch and very, very fun to see. But I think the Bucks are gonna win this year. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Bucks and six if I have to, you know, just uh pick a winner right now. So I'm gonna say Bucks and six. Um, but the Hawks, like I said, I've been counting them out, been sleeping on them. Uh, maybe they can do something, but like I said, man, they, they've already, they've already massively overachieved. They've already exceeded my expectations and my expectations was for them to not even win in the first round. And they, they won in the first round, they beat the Knicks and they beat the Sixers in a thrilling seven game series. And <laughs> I'm going to get to the Sixers in a second. I'm going to get to the Sixers, Ben Simmons and all of that. But I want to go back to the Western Conference and I want to talk about the Utah Jazz. I think it's time that we just start. Well, not even just me, because I've been I've been saying this. They're just a good regular season team. Just a great regular season team. And there's nothing wrong with that, bro. That this has always been Utah. Um, and in the 90s, you know, they were able to get to the finals and lose to Michael Jordan, but they've always been a tremendous regular season team. Like that's just what they are. That's just what they are, and sometimes we gotta accept things from what we see and for what they are. I've been accepting this, you know. I I never bought into Utah Jazz hype. It just doesn't make sense. Um, when Rudy Gobert's your second best player, you have a ceiling. You have a ceiling. Now, in the collection of talent, I like I, li- I like the team as a whole. But when Rudy Gobert's your second best player, that's a problem. Um, the Hawks, you know, they've been getting by. Um, with I guess you could say John Collins or Clint Capella is the second best player, but they've been getting contributions consistently from everyone else. Like you got Trey Young, that's your best player. Um, Kevin Herter stepped up. Uh, Bogdanovich, Capella, John Collins. Um, they just have they just been playing really well as a team. But like the Suns, you got Devin Booker and Chris Paul; those are their two best players. Bucks, you got. You know, Giannis, Chris Middleton had some big games in this series. Um, Drew Holiday as well. Like, when, when I look at the Jazz, you know, Rudy Gobert cannot be your second best player. And you cannot have championship aspiration. They've also should have wrapped up this series. They had a pivotal game five at home somewhere they've been absolutely excellent all season long. And they've just been pounding teams when they're at home. Like, they've only lost like a handful or a little over a handful of games at home. That's where you, that's what you played all season for. That's what you worked so hard for. And you got the one T to be able to take care of business in your own gym. And they just failed to do so. So I got to start recognizing the jazz or a little more. And just, I've already recognized this. I got to put it on record for you guys to understand the jazz are just a regular season team. And they've always right. They're always going to have a ceiling for as long as Rudy Gobert is the second best player on their team on their team. And I don't know. They came. I don't think they can get rid of him for good value. He got exposed in that series, and I just got to give credit to uh, Tyronn Lue' great adjustment. You know, just pulling Gobert out of the paint where he's comfortable because he looked completely lost and uncomfortable when they did pull him out of the paint. But yeah, man, we just. I'm not. I don't know why I keep saying we, but the Jazz is the regular season team. Always will. And forever will be. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. But now I want to talk about the Sixers. I want to talk about them, man. You know, you know, we always we come to who's the blame, and I see everybody's on Ben Simmons' ass, and deservedly so. But Doc Rivers has to take a lot of this blame too. These are the only two guys that can take blame for this collapse and for them losing the series. You know, I saw something the other day and I already knew this, but it just got it just got more magnified when I when I actually looked at it. So there have been a number of blown leads, like not even just. Not even just like blown leads in games, which the Clippers, I mean, the Sixers blew multiple 20 point leads in this game. But there have been several in mean, this series, but there have been several instances where Doc Rivers has been the head coach. And these blown series leads or blown leads in games have happened on his watch. 2009, the Celtics were up 3-2 on the Orlando Magic. They lose the series. 2010, the NBA Finals, the Celtics were up 3-2 on the Lakers. But yeah, the 2010 NBA Finals, like I was just saying, blew a 3-2 lead against the Lakers. They lost the series. 2012, Celtics were up 3-2 in the Eastern Conference Finals. They lose the series. 2013, Clippers were up 3-2 on the Grizzlies. They lose game seven at home. 2014, the Clippers blow a 15-point lead in game five versus OKC. End up losing in the series in six. 2015, the Clippers blow a 3-1 lead to the Rockets. 2016, the Clippers were up 2-0 on the Blazers, lose the series 4-2, four straight losses. 2017, lose Game 7 at home to the Jazz. 2020, most recently in the bubble, blow a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. And then 2021, they blew an 18-point lead in Game 4, a 26-point lead in Game 5. So, you know, I know Ben Simmons, he can't shoot. I'm going to get to him soon. I know he can't shoot it gets more magnified in the playoffs. But you, you, you've you known this all season long that he can't shoot. So when I see Ben Simmons go four for 14 at the free throw line, that's also coaching. That's coaching. You know your player can't shoot. I'm going to get to him. He has to catch this slander too. But when you know your second best player cannot shoot free throws, take him out. Take him out. Take him out. I know what he gives you on the defensive end. Is is absolutely amazing, and you can't really you can't really replace that. You can only replace that with you know a handful of guys. But to conserve the, the lead and win the game, bro, you gotta take him out. Missing 10 free throws is unacceptable, but you leaving them in that's unacceptable as well. That's bad coaching. That's bad coaching. Your job as the coach is to also manage minutes, manage rotation, and also be able to do things on the fly. And Doc Rivers fell at that once again. And a lot of people on his head, but I've been on his head. I've compared Doc Rivers to the John Gruden of coaching uh, in the NBA. And what I mean by that is I don't think that, you know, Doc Rivers is a horrible coach. I don't think that John Gruden is a horrible coach, but the media loves them. The media absolutely adores them. You know, they're, they're nice guys. You know what I'm saying? They're they've been around the business for a long time. Doc Rivers was a former player. You know what I'm saying? But. They've blown leads. They've blown, they blown leads. You know, the Raiders, they were like 6-3 and three at one point last season. Didn't even make the playoffs. Go look up that game against the Dolphins. Absolute collapse, bro. Absolute collapse. Just go watch it, bro. Go, go freaking watch it. You know what I'm talking about this past season, if you remember. But, you know, they're great guys, and I think they can coach. But I think they're just a bit overrated. And that's how I feel about Doc Rivers. Now, Ben Simmons. I get frustrated, man, because I feel like if God blessed me with that height, that athletic ability, I would take full advantage. And I'm not saying that I believe he cares about more about being a celebrity and being famous, but that's what it appears. That's what it looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like when you Ben Ben Simmons was drafted five years ago. He didn't play his full rookie season, but He's pretty much been the same exact player since he came into the league. And that's a problem. That's a problem when you don't show any improvement. That's also a problem when you were the number one pick. You know what I'm saying? Your team is counting on you to to be better and to lead. You know, he's been an all-star, but he hasn't taken that next leap, which we thought we probably would have saw by now. You know, we've always been saying Sixers stay healthy and, you know, there's already been two variables. Are they going to stay healthy, especially in B. Is he going to stay healthy? And what are we going to get from Ben Simmons? And we haven't got anything consistent from Ben Simmons since he's entered the league and he's been the same guy. You know, it's unacceptable, bro. It's really, really unacceptable to be 6'10". And and, and it, it, it gets scary because like, he just won't shoot. He's he's scared to shoot. Like I know everyone saw the play where he's under the basket and... He, like, just didn't shoot. He passed up, basically passed up a layup. Like, it's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Let's move on to coaching vacancies, and then I'm going to wrap up because, yeah, I'm going to wrap up, man. There's less teams remaining in the NBA, so I got to talk about coaching vacancies. I feel like this is a record of coaching vacancies, man. I'm going to name all of them pretty much off the top of my head because I'm not looking at them in front of me. Got the Orlando Magic. You got the Indiana Pacers, New Orleans Pelicans, Portland Trailblazers, Washington Wizards, Boston Celtics, and the Dallas Mavericks. I want to talk about, oh, and I got to talk about the Kimball Walker trade. I want to talk, first I want to talk about Rick Carlisle resigning. And, you know, there were reports that him and Luca clashed here and there. You know, certain times, you know. What am I trying to say here? There's often situations where there's a coach that's been there for a while and he's had success. And, you know, you get a new star and that's just not your guy. You know, Dirk was Rick Carlisle's guy. And now, you know, there's a new sheriff in town that's Luka Dantich who is is already a superstar in this league. Um, I think Rick Carlisle definitely gets another job. I think the Celtics is an intriguing an intriguing destination for him potentially. You know, he has roots in Boston. He won he won a championship or two there as a player. Um, I could definitely see him in and up there. But Rick Carlo's a hell of a coach. I think he's a top five coach. And I don't think he was the problem for real. I think the Magic, I mean I'm sorry, the Mavericks just want to go in a different direction and get a young voice that can, I guess, maybe maybe works better with their young stupid superstar, which I which I don't I don't, you know, I don't disagree with. Um, but I think that's an intriguing, intriguing job over there, but these jobs, all of these vacancies are just, are just shocking, bro. Like you got, you got some really, really attractive jobs out there. You got, you got the Maverick job, you know, you get the coach's superstar. You got the Celtics job where you got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, two young stars. You got the Pelicans job, which is still intriguing. You got Zion, you got Brandon Ingram. It's just so many jobs, man. But I want to talk about the Scott Brooks thing real quick because I, I live in a DMV area and I know a lot of Wizards fans are thrilled and hey, you guys deserve this bro. Scott Brooks, I think he's a nice guy, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I also think in a sense he's been dealt a bad hand like the Wizards literally had injuries like every year he was there besides like one year bros. So, certain stuff is not his fault, but when you can't make adjustments, you know, that's when your time is up. And I'm glad the Wizards, you know, they made the play in. And they got they were able to get to the playoffs and ultimately lose to the Sixers. But I'm glad they they noticed like, okay, we got here, but Scott Brooks still isn't the guy. I can respect that. And I also want to give credit to GM Tommy Shepard, who's only been a new GM for a little bit of time, man. And he's actually done some things that have surprised me a little bit like, you know, you got rid of John Wall guy who only played in like one game a week. And got Russell Westbrook and, you know, he broke the triple-double record this year. was absolutely outstanding. And, you know, even had the case to be All-NBA. And, yeah, he made a move. He made a great move that a lot of people didn't agree with at the time. You know, mainly people in this area. But the move ended up, you know, showing that it works. And it worked to, you know, a degree. And then you fire Scott Brooks, you don't get complacent. You don't get comfortable and now you're gonna hire a new coach, man. It's so many open. It's, it's it's ridiculous, bro. All of these openings, bro. Like this is a good time to like be a head coach, like, bro. You might have the potential opportunity to choose, you know, whatever job you want. I'm seeing people like Chauncey Billups, Becky Hammond. Um, so the Pacers are starting their head coaching search earlier with uh, Brian Shaw and Steve Clifford. Oh. Oh, but it's a lot of vacancies open, man. Uh, One last thing before I get out of here was Kimmel Walker trade earlier in the week. And he got traded to Oklahoma City Thunder in exchange for uh, they had to give up a pick. Actually, Al Horford, um, Moses Brown was in the deal. And uh, like a second round pick or something like that. Uh, I do understand it because a lot of people didn't didn't necessarily understand it. So Al Horford, he he gets off the books a year faster than Kimball Walker. And I said this, you know, when Brad Stevens first stepped down as the coach and went into the president of basketball operations, this is going to show who he really liked and what he didn't like about the roster. And... Obviously, you know Al Horford played for Brad Stevens, and they had some some success. And that's one of his guys. That's a guy he identified, a guy he liked coaching, and I guess you know also viewed as a leader. Um, Maybe him and Kemba Walker didn't quite get along. You know, I'm not saying Kemba Walker's a bad player, but the fit was always questionable because they had the same issue back when they had Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward had too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have ascended and have grown and blossomed as players. So now you really have too many cooks in the kitchen. Marcus Smart even likes to cook up a little bit. So you just got too many guys that can pretty much do the same thing. And that's that kind of hurts. Like you got you've got a bunch of talented guys that don't necessarily compliment each other. Like like LeBron James and Andy Davis, they compliment each other. Devin Booker and Chris Paul, they compliment each other. Um, they you know, you know what I'm saying? You need, need guys to compliment one another. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it just necessarily didn't work and I don't know why they didn't learn from their previous mistake with Kyrie. I guess they thought, you know, different person, different personality. You know, it'll work. But that's not always the case. That's not necessarily always the case. Um, What I will say about Kimber Walker is maybe the Thunder can flip him to like the Knicks or something. Or, you know, they can start up their rehabilitation center with him the same way they did with Chris Paul. And he can show people that he's not a negative asset. You know, we want to view Chris Paul as kind of a negative asset because he had a bad contract, you know, a bunch of years left. The Rockets kind of left him for dead. And he ended up having, you know, one of his best seasons in his career and taking the Thunder to the playoffs and even went almost winning a series. And now look at him on the sun. Look at what he's doing. So you no, know, maybe Kemba Walker can can sort of get, you know, his swag back. You know, he battled injury last couple of years or so. so. We'll see, man. We'll see. But it's been a bunch of instant stuff that happened in the NBA. I hope, I will say one one more thing about coaching. I hope Becky Hammond gets one of these jobs. Not only to make history, but I think she can genuinely coach. I think she can coach, and I think she's going to make history. There's seven vacancies open. She should get one. Wizards, do your thing. I see she's one of the finalists for the Trailblazers job. So we'll see, man. We will see. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for the continued love and support, man. I know I'm not able to get in here and drop episodes as much as I want, but I promise you, I promise you, we got some stuff brewing, we got some stuff cooking, and it's going to be out sooner rather than later, man. And all I want to say is I'm going to host somebody guy, Mike Curry. Thank you for rocking with me. Thank you for the consistent love and support. I am signing out. Until next time, guys, episode number 168 is done. Peace.